This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. When you're kind of doing some research into venture capitalism and you know networks uh, that invest in your space and the type of company that you're building is go onto their websites, find the companies they've invested in, reach out to the founders, CEOs, people that started those companies. Just say, hey, you know, saw you guys were in a similar space, would love to, you know, chat, grab coffee, whatever it is, and see if they would make an introduction to the venture capitalism firm. Um, most founders are always, you know, willing to talk to people in, you know, in the same space. And if it fits, if the venture capitalism firm, if they think it would be a good connection, then they'll be really willing to make that connection. So a warm introduction is always a great way to try and get in the door with some of these firms. everybody and welcome back to the Real Real Podcast. Today's episode is actually a very special one for me because I'm bringing back my co-founders and if you hadn't heard the last episode with my co-founders, definitely check that out where you guys got to get to know them a little bit more, hear about their background, hear how we met and now I had them back on the podcast so that we can talk about any Rella updates that have been going on and if you're new here, I feel like you're probably so confused. You're probably like co-founders, what are you doing? And so I am actually the founder or co-founder of a startup called Rella. And what we are creating is a new social media management platform for influencers where they can manage and monetize their business all in one place. And it's not just about making transactions with brands. It's about building relationships with these brands. So I'm very excited. It's going to be a mobile and web app for influencers by an influencer, but very, very specifically, it is for influencers. Like I just, I can't stress that enough. We are putting the influencer first. We are supporting them. We are empowering them. And that's kind of our goal with Rella. So very excited to talk more about any updates that we've had and, you know, kind of give you an inside scoop on what it's like to have a startup with co-founders and running a startup and any struggles that we faced. I mean, we talk about our investment round and how that's been going. We talk about the struggles that we've had just with each other, like any tension that we've had with each other, what it's been like, and if it's been harder than we imagined or easier than we've imagined, how our networking has been, you know, we, we really dive into it. And I feel like this is something that I have wanted in a podcast. And I feel like it's really hard to find. Like whenever I listen to people's podcasts about starting a business, I'm always like, I wish that they could have shared it when they were in it. Because I feel like whenever you reflect on it, like years later, it's kind of like you lose a lot of what actually went on. 
because you're kind of glossing over it or you view it with rose colored glasses or, you know, you, you think of it fondly. It's not like you're in it and you're feeling all those emotions when you're kind of reflecting on it, if that makes sense. Like for example, whenever I get asked about when I started my YouTube channel, I give you a one second, (laughs) one, one sentence little spiel about how I made it from starting my YouTube channel when I was 15 to where I am today. I can say the entire process in one second. Obviously, that's not actually how it went. I feel like I would have given much more valuable advice if I were to have recorded my emotions and my thoughts in the moment. You know, there were so many moments where I hated it or so many moments where I was so upset about how slow I was growing or even even now, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't been satisfied with my YouTube channel. I feel like every time I open the YouTube studio app, it's just like not the views that I want to see. I'm not really growing that fast. And I don't know, it can be a little discouraging. And then I hear that others are going through the same thing. So it definitely makes me feel better, but it can be hard. And I feel like unless you're reflecting in the moment, it's it's hard to kind of look back and be super, super honest about your experience. And that's just my opinion on it. I feel like with anyone that would happen. So even though I love listening to podcasts, I love interviewing people that have, you know, gone through something similar. I really want to provide that value where it's like, we're going to tell you how it is in real time. One podcast I will say that does such an excellent job at that is the Startup Podcast. I learned so much from that podcast. I feel like it was it was an, a work of art. I loved that podcast so much. Season one of the Startup Podcast was extremely helpful. And I feel like they really, really do take you through the entire process as it's happening. Like he literally records real conversations during it. So highly, highly recommend that. As for any updates in my life, I really wanted to talk about my highs and lows of this week. And I would say that my high of this week is Keon being in Florida. I am so happy that he's here. If you didn't know, I am in a long distance relationship. My boyfriend lives in Boston and I live in Miami and we've been long distance the entire time. He's been in Oklahoma City and I've been in Charlotte. He's been in Boston and I've been in New York. Now he's in Boston and I'm in Florida. He was in Boston and I was in Charlotte. Like we've just never been in the same city. And I'm so happy that he's here. He's actually here for quite some time, which is really exciting. And we actually go to Mexico together next week. So he's coming on a family trip with me and my family. And we're going to Cancun next week. And that brings me to the low. The low of the week is constantly checking Cancun's weather (laughs) because it says that it is going to thunderstorm every single day that we are there. Every single day. And then the day that we leave, we leave on a Friday, it shows sun. So that's just a cruel joke. And I'm really, really hoping that it doesn't rain when I'm there because it's one of those things that like, what is there to do if you can't like be outside on the beach? Like, I feel like that's like all there is to do there. It's a very outdoorsy type of place. And so I'm going to be very, very sad if it ends up raining. Obviously, super grateful that I'm even able to go on a vacation. But the low has been checking that weather app. That has just been a bummer. It's just bummed out my entire day. And I hate it. Like, let's just see if there's some hope. I'm going to pull up the weather app again. Sometimes I like alternate between the weather apps because some make me feel better than others. So I feel like the weather channel app makes me feel better because it gives me more of a detailed look into things rather than, you know, the weather app on your iPhone. It's just so like, I I feel like it's more gloomy. So anyways, all right. So Monday, 56% chance of thunderstorms. Tuesday, 58% chance of thunderstorms. Wednesday, 46% chance. Thursday, 37% chance. And then Friday, the day we leave, it's sunny. So (laughs) I really, 
really hope that we get some good weather. And then, of course, like the following week, it's probably going to be clear, but that's okay. I, I'm, I'm looking and it says scattered thunderstorms. It says chance of rain, 50%. I like to look at that as a chance of not raining is 50%. So that's the way I'm going to look at it because I'm just going to pray that there's <laughs> no rain, but that has definitely been the low of the week has been stressing over that because, you know, when you spend so much money on a vacation and then it's like raining the whole time. Anyways, um, that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about my company that I'm starting and my co-founders and we dive so into the nitty gritty and I feel like we're kind of also like showing off our banter in this episode. We're just chatting and and we just have a really great time whenever we're on the mic together. Also, this podcast took a lot to happen because we had 40 minutes of technical difficulties. I don't know why anytime we go on a podcast together, the last time this happened too, we had technical difficulties. So <laughs> I hope that you appreciate the podcast happening because I was like, I'm about to say that this can't happen. I was about to call it off. I was going to say this is, it's just not working out guys. <laughs> But no, it ended up happening. I'm so happy that it did because it's going to be an episode that you are not going to want to miss. And I also did want to thank the reviewer of the week. I just always want to thank people that review my podcast because it takes time out of your day to review a podcast. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it doesn't because it, you know, you have to go to the app, you have to leave a review. It's, it's not as intuitive and seamless as like leaving a comment on Instagram. So I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has been reviewing my podcast. I've been reading all of them and they mean so much to me. So this reviewer of the week comes from DJ Rose, who sneak peek into the future. She's actually going to be a guest on my podcast. So I really appreciate that she left a review, but she said, Natalie is an incredible host that asks real, genuine, insightful, thought provoking questions that keeps everyone engaged. Keep crushing it, babe. Oh, that's so sweet, especially because she was actually on my podcast. It just means so much more to me. And I always am striving to be a better interviewer. So that's definitely something that I've been working on over the past few months. So thank you so much for leaving that comment. And I can't wait for her episode to go out. So definitely be sure to follow the podcast so that you know when that's coming out. And if you guys enjoy this podcast, please be sure to give it five stars and also leave a kind review and follow us on Instagram at The Real Real Podcast. Follow me for any updates on the podcast. But without further ado, let's just get into the episode. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet, Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play 
Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn an app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Eras tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz-free up your schedule with Way. Go to theouai.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's theouai.com, promo code RealReal. Hi guys, thank you so much for being back on my podcast. Well, the first time was immaculate, so we just had to be back on. Glad to be back. People liked the episode with us, I feel like. People liked hearing about Rella. We have had so many technical difficulties to record this podcast. It's 2.40 and we scheduled to record this at 2 and we've been trying to fix these technical difficulties since 2 o'clock. So we're back. It's been a challenge, but I'm excited to record this episode and kind of give updates on Rella and bring the team back on the podcast. So we're going to start with setting the record straight. And I think it's going to be interesting seeing our responses now that we're already kind of working on Rella. It's been a few months in working together. And so the first one is that starting a startup is harder than we thought. So I don't know if it was harder than we thought. I think we all kind of had an understanding that some parts were going to suck, some parts were going to be awesome. Definitely things have ramped up a lot more. The further we dive into it, now that we're we're bringing in investment, the product's about to release, we're releasing kind of a beta in the next couple of weeks. Uh, things, I guess, maybe are a little bit more tense. You know, I guess it's, I guess it's a little closer to game time, but it was, it's kind of, you know, about as hard as everybody thought. Yeah. It wasn't really the difficulty. It was more of just the amount of work that prefaces the actual launch and the actual product. So I think, uh, we've, we've done our due diligence though, and we're ready to get to the exciting stuff. I think what you don't really see before you start is the amount of 
change that is kind of encountered every single day in terms of, oh, you know, we thought we were going to do this yesterday, but according to this, we've been talking to this person, you know, doing this research, we're maybe thinking more of this, which is great. I mean, all good products are going to adapt to the market as we, we go along so that upon release, it is the, you know, the best product for the time. It's just definitely been difficult to keep up with the constant changes and keeps us all on our toes. Yeah, I feel like we're still in the early stages, so I only imagine it getting harder and harder, but I underestimated the amount of work. Like I knew it's a lot of work, but like the list is never ending. Like I feel like it's oh there's always something to do and there's always a million things to do and like it's hard for me to decide like okay, what am I going to work on today because I literally have a million things that I could be working on. So like that's, I think, the hard, been the hardest part that I didn't necessarily anticipate. Yeah, and you're, like, constantly trying to poke holes in, like, your own business plan, like, the work that you do. You're trying to, like, critique it, and when you find problems, then it's like you got to restart. So, I don't know. You got to be your own biggest critic, especially this close to launch. Yeah, it's like a yeah. weird opposite effect. The more work we do, the more work we realize we have left to do. So it's like yeah, the further literally. we get, the farther away the target gets. It's like the never-ending tunnel where the, we see the light at the end, but it keeps the same distance away and we're like <laughs> trying to chase it. And the next one is that networking is super important when starting a startup. I would say 100%. I think J.A. and I have done a ton of networking. That's been like our main role these past few weeks. And the amount of people we have reached out to, the amount of emails we've sent, the amount of calls that we have gone on. It's like, I feel like I'm not getting anything done because I'm just like talking to people. But I know that that's like a huge part when you start a startup is like that networking and also when we're fundraising. So we're currently fundraising. So that's like you have to talk to as many people as you can. Oh, yeah. Not only is it the most important, it's definitely at least for me, maybe not everybody, but for me, it's the most fun part of what we're doing. Because now we're starting to get in the door with some like really cool people in the creator economy, people have that have, you know, built things and raised hundreds of millions of dollars and people that are, are now willing to kind of give us their advice and their two cents. And uh, I don't know, it's it's thrilling to hear these people's stories. For me, it's kind of where I always wanted to be is having these cool conversations. So, yeah, it's it's definitely my favorite part. Yeah, I feel like also, though, for me, it's the reason why I started this podcast was literally to talk to really cool people and to network and, you know, hear their stories. So now it's it's interesting doing it, like not being recorded, like not for like that type of purpose and really just talking about Rella and talking about myself a lot also, which I usually don't do because I'm like always interviewing people on my podcast but now it's also like oh I have to like tell them about myself and like about Rella you have to become a storyteller that's that's the one like consistent thing with every one of these conversations are people are such good storytellers and they can paint a picture of their lives and their entrepreneurial ventures and what they're currently working on it kind of challenges you to get better and better at at painting a picture uh, to someone of like your entire journey up to this point of Rella in like a 30 minute phone call. Yeah, and I know in the first podcast, we talked about how, at least me and Natalie were, were the ones that struggled the most with the networking. But I think now, seeing Natalie, you talked to all these people, you've definitely grown a lot more than I have right now. But we still have made some progress yeah. in being able to talk to people and tell our story. So I think that it's a cool to see some growth. Yeah, I mean, to reference my 
previous self from podcast number one, I think that the point of, you know, networking and its importance has been even more reinforced as we've gotten further. And as we've realized, there's so much we don't know that, you know, with the networking and with these relationships we're building is just opening up a whole new world of, of knowledge and also reinforcing the fact that inspiration slash knowledge slash whatever you want to call it can really come from anywhere. Um, you know, I ran into a guy at the grocery store the other day and ended up talking to him for 30 minutes. I mean, it just, it comes from anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. Connor, you're good at talking to people. I feel like you're good at like, like I would never talk to someone at the grocery store for 30 Stop minutes. Stop it. Come on. <laughs> I'm like in and out. I'm like... <laughs> like the most approachable guy on planet earth just non-threatening just little sweetheart guy oh, absolute whoa. beta whoa <laughs> absolute beta that's such a backhanded compliment that's a... it's okay. anyways the next one is that you need co-founders to start a company just preference wise i would always prefer having a co-founder uh i don't think i would like going through all of this on my own and having somebody to call 24 hours of the day well maybe not 24 hours but 99 percent of the day there's a lot of things that kind of it sounds sounds a little silly but like requires a support group i mean it's it's kind of an emotional roller coaster sometimes yeah, crying with friends is always more fun than crying alone very true very true <laughs> yeah I feel like I've done so many things solo like everything else I've done is has been solo that it's been really nice sharing these experiences with someone else and also the amount of work that there is it's just I feel like more manageable to do with other people and with co-founders yeah definitely and like now that we're getting in the nitty-gritty of things we can have that separation of concerns where it does take a lot off your plate instead of having to worry about every little thing we now have fallen into more of our roles and yeah i mean our dynamic has just grown since the beginning and it's getting better and like any relationship you can have your ups and downs but i think for the most part ours has been ups yeah there's ups and downs but i think it's important to like have people to share that experience with mm -hmm. i honestly have no idea how i would be doing this by myself but, you know, not to say that it can't be done. You can for sure do it. I just wouldn't be the guy to advise you on how to do it by yourself. It'd be so lonely. It really would be. And since the last time we talked on the podcast, we talked pretty much in the beginning. We've been working on Rella Full Force the past few weeks. Jay and I have been really doing the investment round and trying to close the investment round. And then Nick and Connor have been diving into development. So now I want to talk about some updates and how we've been making connections with investors. Because I feel like a lot of people probably are curious about like, how do you talk to investors? How do you raise money? And that's something that before I started Rella literally had no idea how to do like zero clue so how have we been like talking to investors making those connections and like raising money oh that's a that's a good question i mean i think we started it just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed we just freaking dove in head first as we've had more and more conversations you generally start to see kind of like trends what investors are looking for and then you continue to kind of tweak your pitch and tweak how you're having your conversations to, to better appeal. I mean, even last week, uh, we, we kind of started seeing a trend. Natalie and I have started talking to a little bit more venture capital. 
which we're a little early stage for most venture capital, but we kind of want to go ahead and start having these conversations just to get in the door with people for the future. And also, you know, most of the time, if they're, if they're cool people and, you know, willing to have kind of a 30 minute chat and offer some feedback, they'll, they'll give you good criticisms. They'll poke critiques into your business plan, which is really valuable at this stage. But me and Natalie started kind of hitting this roadblock where we uh, were several venture capitalists um, and some other investors as well started saying that the the competitive landscape is way too broad, that there's way too many competitors. So that's kind of one of our, our biggest things that we're trying to overcome right now is explaining how we fit into the competitive landscape and how Rela is different. Because we, we know there's areas that we're the only person, you know, combining the management tool and the marketplace. Um, but it's tough to tough to kind of portray that whole competitive landscape in a 15-minute conversation with a venture capitalist. Like you have to be able to do it on the fly. So I don't know. I think it's it's just as you have these conversations, we're finding trends and just consistently trying to better at each each conversation you go into. And I would say in terms of how to get in contact with them, it's so much cold emailing and cold reaching out. Like we had a goal that we were going to reach out to five random people a day. Like it doesn't matter who they are. It could be like super long shot that they respond or like someone that we know, like that went to our school, you know, but like we were going to reach out to five people a day and we were reaching out to a lot of VCs that were interested in the creator economy or interested in social media, interested in marketplaces. Like we were just looking at VCs that were interested in that, finding them on LinkedIn, finding their email, emailing them, messaging them on LinkedIn. And honestly, I got a response from almost every single one. Like a lot of them were responding. I, I feel like it was, I was shocked because I was like, you probably get emailed all the time, but so many of them were responding. You just kind of give a little pitch in your email, send them your deck, which now we're actually going to tweak. We're going to start doing like sending them a video and, you know, getting more information. Cause I think that's one of the things that we learned was that a lot of times people will look at your deck for 10 seconds and then they'll talk to you, but they'll, they'll have like a preconceived idea of what you are, but then like not fully understand what you are because your deck may not like fully explain it as well because they only spent 15 minutes on it or 15 seconds on it so yeah just cold emailing has been the biggest thing I think a lot of people think like you have to know so many people beforehand before you're going into networking or like invest raising money but we didn't know any of the people that we were talking to almost every single one was a cold email or if you have someone that knows someone asking them to intro you but don't be afraid to just like reach out on LinkedIn LinkedIn has like helped so much I think it's the mindset of why would I reach out to them? They're probably not going to respond. I'm not going to waste my time. I mean, even though, you know, more times than not, some people may not respond. I think it's that persistence that is so, so important. I mean, I reached out to the CEO of Hinge the other day on LinkedIn. Did I get a response? No. But I wanted to, you know, I would never know if I hadn't tried. So that's also another really valuable part of it is, you know, just keeping at it. One of the areas we kind of have had success, uh, just kind of a, a tip from our experience, is when you're kind of doing some research into venture capitalism and, you know, networks uh, that invest in your space and the type of company that you're building is go onto their websites, find the companies they've invested in, reach out to the founders, CEOs, people that started those companies just say, hey, you know, saw you guys were in a similar space, would love to, you know, chat, 
grab coffee, whatever it is, and see if they would make an introduction to the venture capitalism firm. Um, most founders are always, you know, willing to talk to people in, you know, in the same space. And if it fits, if the venture capitalism firm, if they think it would be a good connection, then they'll be really willing to make that connection. So a warm introduction is always a great way to try and get in the door with some of these firms. Yeah, I feel like I didn't use LinkedIn as much as I have this year. Like I never used to use LinkedIn and I would like accept anyone that connected with me and like I wouldn't like connect with people that I had recently talked to. And now I'm like definitely utilizing it and using it as a way to kind of grow our network. But besides investing or networking, I am so lost when it comes to like coding and like how to develop an app. But what have been some of your frustrations doing this and like doing the technical side of things now that that's started? Because last time we talked, development hadn't started yet. Yeah. So right now we've started the kind of the scaffolding of the, the entire application. Um, but then since we took that little pivot of trying to get a pre-release product out there, um, get some people can sign up with, we've been really trying to get in the nitty gritty of, okay, how can we build this and use it for later? So I think that's a frustration and that's something you really have to sit back before you start typing any code is really thinking about these, these user flows and how we can not waste time writing code that we can't reuse for some of the, these beta releases and really just trying to understand the best tools that we can use right now to get something out there and testable. Uh, I think that's like our biggest challenge. Yeah, I think the start of development has been a really good testament to the team dynamic because I think there's always, not tension, but there's always this constant back and forth between you know the development side of things and the the business direction side of things where oh we have this vision you know this needs to happen make it happen you know functionality wise which there's always going to be back and forth with you know no it's not possible or no it's not possible within this time frame and just seeing how we've adapted to that you know with the constant changes and you know still trying to stay on the same overall path and bring the best product to market has been it's been really awesome. Like you said, it's definitely frustrating at times to, you know, kind of have this back and forth, but I think it's extremely healthy to have that. And having discovered that, that piece of the, you know, the team and the dynamic that was not there prior to uh, the the tech being developed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been great balancing the, the kind of building an application for long-term scalability and also something that we can get out as soon as possible um, that's going to provide value to um, to the users. Yeah, that's like the constant battle is like that back and forth of like, I want this, 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 and like all these features. And then Connor and Nick being like, okay, well, that's not realistic. Or like, okay, but that's going to happen in a really long time. You know, so I think that's been like the the hardest part, I would say, of the process of like developing it is like what is feasible and like, the amount of time, you know, and like, like, yes, dream big, obviously, but it has to also be realistic. So we have that balance of like, yeah, them like bringing us kind of like back down to earth, I feel like with what we can actually accomplish, because you can have all these ideas, but like actually putting it in and like developing it is a whole other story. Have we been frustrated with each other? Have you been frustrated with us as a as a team or oh, yeah. we, we can talk about any <laughs> any times we've <laughs> we've been frustrated with each other? 
Without a doubt. I I mean, if... Like what? Me, like what? What's up? I mean, what's, what's this you is turning say? into therapy. <laughs> yeah, so um, when I think of you guys, I feel anger and sometimes <laughs> sadness. No, but I mean, it's... If you get this far into doing something with a team and you think that there's no tension, then you're either going nowhere or you're delusional, in my opinion. So, you know, I think the frustrations, but the frustrations breed progress, in my opinion. Again, I think without the tension, without the headbutting, there are certain ideas and directions that would not be realized had there just been, oh, okay, you want to do that? Sure. No questions asked. You said jump. Okay, how high? Uh, So I think that's been frustrating, but good. Yeah, like like any other relationship, in my opinion, it's always just communication. It's communicating those frustrations versus kind of letting them simmer. Otherwise, they can kind of turn into roadblocks for the team. But yeah, we're in a we're in a four way marriage for sure. Yeah, you guys haven't been here in a while, but Nick and I uh, got both your faces on the wall. We bought some darts. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's not been that bad. It's more of like just small annoyances. And I mean, we talked about it right away and talking about like bringing up those meetings, like interrupting meetings, because in terms of the dev side, when you get into coding, it's easy to get lost in the zone. And then you guys call us real quick for an update. And then we get out of the zone and we get a little frustrated because we had almost solved the problem. But I mean, we cleared it up. Natalie suggested like Wednesday, no meeting days and things like that. So it's just that, like Jay said, the constant communication of how do we solve these issues and small little road bumps so we can move forward? Yeah, I feel like we're just always talking to each other, even if it's not on a meeting. It's like on text or like anytime one of us has like a thought about something, we'll we'll text each other about it. And I think that's so much better than letting it like boil over and getting angry and then getting frustrated and then passive aggressive. And it's like there's nothing I hate more than people being passive aggressive. And I feel like none of us have been that way. So that's good because I don't think I could handle if we were a team oh, of you don't think you've been i have not been passive aggressive <laughs> i am not a passive aggressive person i don't I'm think I'm I? am i am i am i passive aggressive <laughs> no i feel like we're good at talking to each other and being like oh i don't like this or i like this but now i feel like there's something you're not telling me no. <laughs> what sorry no, this is what connor does he plants little bugs in your head and now you're gonna be thinking about it all day that's like nick done I, nothing wrong yeah, nick and i probably get pissed at each other more than anybody because we sit in the same room all day yeah i feel like that would get frustrating because you get their roommates anyone listening to this podcast they live together they work together and they were roommates <laughs> <laughs> All right, and they they think the same way, finish each other's thoughts. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think that we're we're good at communicating in that sense. And then I wanted to talk a lot about our rejections and our accomplishments, I guess, because I think a lot of times you focus on the bad and you focus on the rejections or you'll focus on, you know, everything that's gone wrong. But we also should be celebrating all the accomplishments that we've made. So we've definitely faced a lot of rejection I think I think that we've gotten way more no's than we've gotten yeses and like way more this is like an oversaturated market or this is you know I don't I don't want to invest in this right now and blah 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 like all all the different ways that you can get rejected but we've also had some accomplishments like we've gotten into an accelerator after we got rejected to it so it's kind of like a (laughs) nice little fake out yeah yeah interesting but how have you guys felt about like all the no's that we've been getting and like do you want to talk about that? 
like in the beginning we were all super hype about it and we had this all, all this energy and then we got the first no we bounced back jay had his cute little message I forget what it said, but it was... What was my cute little message? I don't know. Now put it on her, one of her YouTube videos. And I was like, damn, that was a great quote. I'll think of it later. But yeah, and then you get those no's, the next one, the next one, the next one. You kind of get defeated. But like Natalie said, when the small accomplishments come along, uh, they really kind of boost up the team morale again. And getting into Andrews, I think, came in at the perfect time. And we kind of got our second wind. Or at least I did. I love rejection. I was going to say, it actually doesn't bother me as much because I, I I know it will, like it will bother me. And I'm not saying like, oh, I, I don't mind rejection because I do. But I also, whenever we got those like accelerator rejections, like it didn't really phase me at all. Like I wasn't like, oh no, like I wasn't like that upset about it. It honestly like fueled me even more to like prove people wrong. Yeah, I mean, I've dealt with rejection my entire life. <laughs> but no, I mean, it, and you're gonna deal it. with it for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's been cool to honestly see everybody else's reaction to rejection and how it hasn't really phased anybody for the negative, but more of just like, a, oh, okay, or it's like a, I respectfully disagree with your rejection. Um, yeah, but but it's breeding some good feedback too, you know. Oh, totally. Yeah, the feedback has been great. Only gets better. I mean, the further you get down the line, you start getting a better and better picture of what you should be doing. I amend my statement. I hate getting rejected with no explanation. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I, I hate agree. that. Because it could be any number of things. They could be having a bad day. I mean, you could be like, maybe my hair was too long. I don't know. But it's just, it, there's no explanation that frustrates me. Yeah. For me also, it's like, I, I like learning from it, but also we were so, I mean, we still are so early, but we were so early applying to like Y Combinator and like tech stars. Like I look back at our application, honestly, and I'm like, Oh my God, it could have been so much better. Like there's so many things that could have been so much better. And it's because we were so early into it. So that's why I also don't even feel that like bad about it. Cause I'm like, at least we tried, like, honestly, at least we tried. I think that is so much more important. Like imagine if we didn't apply to Andrew's accelerator, cause we thought that we were too early, then we wouldn't be in that. And then we wouldn't be getting that money and we wouldn't be getting those resources. And like, that's so, so important. So for those of you who don't know, we did get accepted into one accelerator. We originally got rejected to it, which was kind of a bummer I would say that's the one I was probably the most bummed out about because I thought that we would have gotten in like that was the one I thought we had like highest chance of getting in so I was the most upset about that one I would say but then a few weeks after we got the rejection they actually emailed us and we kind of had to do like a double take at the email but it was like okay someone actually dropped out of this accelerator we want to offer you a spot we are not offering this to anyone else blah 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 like it was really sweet and so then we joined the accelerator so it was interesting how that worked. It was it was kind of funny too because the people that run the accelerator they're absolutely fantastic. Like they're they're huge in the Raleigh entrepreneurship scene. Like if you're if you're talking to them, they can get you connected with the right people. So we were kind of already having these conversations with them, but they were they were like reaching out to us, like offering help with or without the accelerator. So it was a we weren't too upset about it because we were kind of getting these same connections and they were they were helping us kind of step by step either way but i i guess it was nice now we're in this group with with five other companies 
um, and we have kind of one one big call every week. And I think we we had a call today with kind of talking through venture capital and group discussion. So it's it's neat now to be kind of in the same boat with some other people. I would say is my kind of my favorite part about it. Like Jay said, we kind of were making those connections anyway, so it's almost like we wouldn't take no for an answer, and they're finally like, "Yes." No, I'm just kidding. But they no, uh, I think that's honestly true. We were right. so persistent. Yeah, I mean, they they probably saw like they knew we had value, and it was obviously a group decision. So there was a lot of like sometimes it's all a little bit of politics why some things don't work out, but then sprinkled a little bit of luck and persistence on that, and uh, it worked out for the best. And so now, what are we working on the next few months? What do our next few months and weeks look like? You want me to go first? Sure. Yeah, you can go first. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about what we've been working on or what we're going to be working on the next few months. And then hopefully in a few weeks or a few months, we'll have another Rella update and it'll be a lot different than this one. But as for the next few months, we're actually launching kind of a pre-MVP, like a beta version, beta of the beta version, I would say, where we're actually already going to be connecting influencers to brands. So you can sign up on our website and actually become a user of you know, just be entered into our database rather than be on a wait list. And we'll be connecting micro influencers, influencers of any size to relevant brands and just making those introductions. So we realize how important relationships are and we want to build those relationships and begin building those relationships between our users. But we don't have the actual like application yet, but we don't want that to stop us from like actually having users and actually interacting with our users. So that's why we're launching kind of the pre-launch where we're going to be connecting influencers and brands and all you have to do is sign up on our website. And then in a few months from now in the fall, the beta version of the actual mobile application will be ready, which is so exciting. I can't believe that that's like coming up kind of soon, which is crazy, but that's what we'll be launching in the next few months. But if you are an influencer or you are a brand and you want to sign up just on our website, we would love that. Definitely be sure to sign up. Um, go to relosocial.com. You can do everything on there. But yeah, it's going to be, that's kind of our, what we've been working on. And then we're also going to close out the investment round, hopefully kind of soon. Close, close, close the fundraising. I will say I have had an absolute blast doing this fundraising. I think I have learned more than anything else I've ever done, but I'm so ready to be done with it. It's a full-time job. You can't focus on other things. It really takes out your energy. It takes out your time. And like time is so valuable and it's, it takes up a lot of time. At this point, being so close to releasing the product, I do kind of want to switch my focus to making sure the product's as good as it can be, which I mean, you've really been more at the front of that, talking to influencers and brands. And that was kind of the, the motivation behind this switch to releasing this, this pre-beta was me and Natalie were asking ourselves, what's like the least technical solution that we can offer that provides value early on both to influencers and brands. So we're kind of excited about this new direction. Yeah. So it's just something that, I, like J.A. said, is going to provide some value before the application even launches. And that way, like we've been talking to so many influencers, brands, VCs, investors, angels, like we've been talking to so many people and we don't want to keep talking to them and being like, oh, yeah, the product's not going to launch until X amount of months because we want to show that like we have users, like not just an imaginary group of users that we think we're going to have. We can actually show like this is what we've been doing. So that's kind of the purpose behind that. Yeah. and. When you guys came to us with that idea, at first we were like, gosh, it's going to be more work for us. Like, I don't know if we can take this on. But then you guys started explaining it to us and it made a lot more sense. And like, it was just 
almost you guys selling us on the idea just because for me at least i was like oh my god this is going to take us like another another month to get done the timeline's going to get pushed back but then we kind of worked out the details of how we can make it work and um i think it was the best decision we i think we made in terms of a pivot as a team yet well yeah that's kind of the back and forth between like the technical and non-technical like definitely natalie and i sometimes feel like we make you guys jobs harder and like vice versa for sure but I don't know. I think where we find our sweet spot where we make something really great is when we work with you guys to find this least technical solution and something that really provides value. This is my Natalie impression. Oh, guys, it's super simple. It'll take a couple days. <laughs> just, just really quick. Let's just get write this out. some code, guys. Just stop doing whatever you're doing and just write just. Bang away on your keyboard, and then we'll have it, okay? It's like, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the frustration? That's the <laughs> now I know. This is the yeah, first time I'm hearing that about Natalie that. Impression. How do I do? <laughs> I um, mean, okay, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, it's super simple. It's just a website. It's not, you know, anything anything too difficult, I can imagine. And, and then you guys bring me. We're a team. Bring me, bring me down to earth, and you're like, Okay, this is how long it's going to take, but it's a push and pull. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But now I know how you feel, so. <laughs> <laughs> Just airing but out yeah, my dirty laundry a on a podcast. Accurate, accurate description, I guess, or I guess impersonation. Accurate. <laughs> yeah, just for yeah, so, This is Connor, not Natalie. And that's the <laughs> So yeah, that's kind of where we're at with Rella. We're excited to be doing these updates for the Real Real Podcast. I think it's going to be really exciting doing these updates. And yeah, so that's kind of the team. That's where we've been. And I'm excited to have everyone back on in a few months. But in the meantime, definitely follow Rella Social. Definitely sign up for the application. Um, follow us just to even like hear any new updates you can add your email you know to the newsletter and get updates but if you're an influencer listening to this it doesn't matter your size you can have a thousand followers like it does not matter um definitely sign up for rella because we're definitely targeting micro influencers so if you are an influencer with a thousand followers you're kind of our target but also if you're a brand and you want to work with influencers and you've never worked with them before definitely sign up uh, for Rella. If you're a big brand, small brand, doesn't matter. Again, sign up. Everything's going to be free as of now for this like pre-launch. So pre-launch will be free, the service that we're offering, but um, we're still figuring out the pricing structure of our application once that comes out. So yeah, stay tuned. I hope that you like these podcasts. I feel like they give a little bit more of an insight into what it's like to start a startup. Yeah, we'll be back. Rella, we'll be back. slam, <laughs> connect, influence. Drop the mic. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. 
I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the mom room podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood. Hey, my name is Lovan Roomf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.